0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? And all ready for another action-packed week, Dan. Hey. you, Dude, do you believe this This uh, Lavar Bell or Ball? What a butt the Basketball yeah, player. I, I mean, is this guy for real? Folks, for those <laughs> of you who missed this story, I, I mean... I'm really having a tough time with this one. Like, President Trump can do nothing without getting kicked uh, in the teeth by the left wing media hacks and Democrats. It's really pathetic. So, for those of you who missed the story, yeah, LeVar Ball, uh, his son, uh, is it Leangelo Ball? I'm not really sure of the name, but Leangelo Ball was one of the UCLA, uh, UCLA basketball players who, again, if you missed the story, got caught shoplifting in China. UCLA, the basketball team, went over there to play a game. There were three players who were caught by the Chinese shoplifting. They've admitted it. This isn't a, you know, uh, alleged incident. They've admitted to doing yeah. it, okay? Uh, they got caught by the Chinese government. Uh, They were they were uh, apprehended and they were they were being held in custody. So uh, most of you may know, some of you may not. Well, Trump gets involved, the President Trump and basically personally gets involved and, and asks for their release. They are subsequently released back into the United States. And I'll say this. They gave a press conference to three players, mm-hmm. Leangelo and the two others. Their names are escaping me right now, Joe. And they were very gracious. I, I thought they s- thanked the president. They did not in any way try to put lipstick on it. They were like, we screwed up. We embarrassed ourselves. We embarrassed their team. Listen, I I, I believe in the power of redemption and forgiveness. I hope they're sincere. I-, I don't know what was in their heads, but they certainly sounded sincere to me, Joe, right? Yeah, Trump then releases a tweet, a very gracious tweet, too, where he says, listen, people screw up all the time and basically says, I hope these guys go on to live really great lives. Now, in a normal, non-insane liberal world, Joseph, (laughs) right, that's the end of it. It's it's not me clapping, that's me wiping my hands of it. Guys screw up, U.S. citizens, president personally gets involved. Gets them released from a foreign country, a a communist regime. Uh, They thank him. He says, terrific. You know, you guys, I hope everything works out well. Goodbye. Well, of course, that's not enough because Trump derangement syndrome, this viral infection, uh, like uh, uh, what what is it? Like mad cow disease infecting liberals, Hollywood types, entertainers and sports types has just it's like a parasite eating their brains. LeAngelo Ball's dad, Lavar Ball, comes out and says in an interview, he, he goes, well, listen, you know, this guy's trying to take credit for this, and you know, he didn't really do too much to get him released, and, <laughs> and basically takes a shot at Trump. So I tweeted out this week, and I'm like, let me get this straight. Step one, shoplift in a foreign country. <laughs> Step two, get caught shoplifting in a foreign country. You know, step three, the POTUS, President of the United States, intervenes to get you released from the foreign country. Step four, your dad goes nuclear on Trump the next day. Like, what the heck? F- f- folks, Oh, seriously, we're living in bizarre Superman land. Yeah. Now, what's amazing about the story is not that that happened. You know, great, it's news. I, You know, I sometimes do news of the day, sometimes pick different stuff. What's interesting to me about this story, Joe, is the media spin on this. Again, now, to media types that listen to my show, and I know there are some, I get uh, emails personally from some producers, you know who you are, I appreciate you listening, and mm-hmm. by the way, I mean, some of them are actually conservative, too, who've tried to pitch some of the stories to their staffs. I get, They're really great emails, by the way. I will never <laughs> name your names, don't worry. Um, I don't want to get you in trouble. I know you work for the left-wing media. God forbid you actually propose stories that are not left-wing narratives. But what's fascinating about this is the hack left-wing media is now blaming this on Trump. What? what the hell did Trump do wrong? Trump intervenes to get your kid released after he admits to committing a crime in a foreign country, right? He, he, he admits it. But, he admits it. Trump intervenes with burning political capital with a foreign country to get your kids released who screwed up, or well, your kid in this case. I don't know what the other parents uh, think. They, they didn't say anything, to be fair. But to get your kid released, and then you open your mouth and you take a pot shot at the president. So what happened? The president fired back on a tweet and said, well, hey, you know, maybe I should have left him in jail then. All right. You know, it's typical, you know, Trumpy and he's going to always fire back when he wants to. But they blame it on Trump. Oh my gosh, he said he was going to leave the American citizens in jail. What? You mean like, uh, what do you mean? Like Obama and Otto Warmbrier, who, uh, who died, by the way, when he was released from a North Korean... Oh, you mean like that? You mean like that guy? Folks, again, you see now why I wake up every single day thinking, what fight are we going to have with intellectually vacuous liberals today? So you have a problem now with Trump, who, by the way, you've declared over and over to be a racist, despite no evidence of that being actually true, because everybody's a racist to you. He gets three black basketball players released from China who admitted committing a crime. The father then attacks Trump, and then Trump, who fires back, is now the guilty party. Oh, boy. But by the way, don't apply the same standard, Joe, to Obama, you know? Yeah, right. Okay. Who did nothing to get, you know, I mean, well, I don't want to say did not let me be fair, but did not get warm released, who is now dead. Let's not apply that standard. Let's just move on and forget. I mean, it's really disgusting, folks. And you wonder why the media What is it? 90 percent of Republicans think the media is the equivalent. I don't even want to say the National choir, because the National choir once in a while actually breaks a true story. The media is just total, complete hackery. It's just disgusting. It's totally, completely pathetic. And on that note, before I move on to my next story, because I don't know if I was going to cover this, but on that note, the Rand Paul story, equally disturbing. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky is attacked by his neighbor. The guy breaks six ribs, causes some kind of fluid buildup in and around his lungs. The guy's in the hospital, Rand Paul. He's having a tough time breathing afterwards. He's viciously attacked by his neighbor. And the media is still... I'll put this story in the show notes today at Bongino.com. And if you subscribe to my email list, I'll send it to you. There's an interesting story by the Washington Examiner about how the media is dying, Joe. Dying to portray this story as a dispute over lawn clippings. Yeah, saw that. As you saw the one? Despite yeah. the fact, Joe, that the neighbor... This is like one person's account. Everyone else in the neighborhood's like, lawn clippings? What are you talking about? Yeah. But despite the fact that the neighbor... When you look at his Facebook posts, it's like a devout socialist and Hillary supporter or Bernie supporter, whatever it is. Now, Joe, reverse the script here mm-hmm. and make that a Democrat lawmaker attacked by a Republican neighbor, breaking his ribs, causing fluid buildup around his lungs causing a hospitalization, very serious injuries. And the story right away will be crazy maniac, Republican, racist, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, Islamophobic, phobophobic, istaphobe, attacks poor Democratic senator. Republicans should all be uh, summarily executed on a firing line uh, in the state of Kentucky. The devil reincarnate. Yes. The devil reincarnate, of course. But because it's a Republican lawmaker attacked by a socialist, the story is about lawn clippings. Lawn clippings. Read the piece, folks. The media just—they're just disgusting entities. They really are. They're just filthy. Just ignore them. Just ignore them and go out and seek your own sources, your own credible sources of information. Because counting on anything from the media to be actually accurate is just absurd. Attacking Trump, Joe, a Trump, Trump, because he gets the guy's kid out of jail. You know oh, he shouldn't have responded that way. You know, Dan, that's that's a hell of an example to set for your kid. I'm sorry, yeah. man. Right? Isn't you know, it? You know what I'm saying? Joe, let me listen. You know, I mean, you're a dad. I'm a dad. Sure. I don't have boys. You have a boy. I have two girls. Yeah. But honest question for you. I mean, I already know the answer, but mm-hmm. you catch your kid shoplifting somewhere, and he admits to it. By the way, it's not a question of like was he profiled or anything. You come oh, yeah, I got caught stealing a pair. By the way, it wasn't caught stealing like Bazooka gum. Okay, mm-hmm. remember Bazooka, the five cent yeah. gum? Where your kids, you yo, our younger listeners are like, what the hell's Bazooka gum? Um, he got caught stealing a pair of expensive sunglasses. The guy in China. Yeah, the store owner, let's say, brings, you, brings your kid home, and he's like, listen, we're not going to press charges here, but you know, your son, we caught your son, whatever, he's on tape, he admitted to it, stealing sunglasses. What's the first thing you say to him, Joe? Uh, I forgive you, but uh, you're going to have some time to serve at home, pal. You're damn right. Yeah. Your allowance is gone. Yeah. Give me your phone. You're punished. And by the way, uh, that trip we were going to take, whatever, my daughter, you know, she likes yeah. Disney or anything like that. Gotcha. Yeah, that's out too. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't like to, you know, I, I feel like I owe you all a sense of an insight into my personal life because you've allowed me so much insight into yours by playing my show every day. But I had an incident with my daughter last year. I'm not going to say what. It wasn't that serious, but it was serious enough that it bothered me. Mm-hmm. And she was staying up by my mother-in-law's up in Vero. I got in my car and drove my caboose up there. That day I was like, get in the car, right? Even my mother-in-law didn't even say like, hello, when I walked in because she knew how serious it was. I said, oh, hi, Danny. I'm like, oh, give me the kid. That was it. And like your first response is to defend your kid and attack the president? My gosh, you really have to be kidding me. Trump derangement syndrome, out of control. All right, uh, today's show brought to you by our buddies at FilterBuy. Hey, thank you to everyone who has been uh, really helping out and, and, and buying products from our sponsors. We're pretty selective about who we pick over here, and it means a lot to me. The sponsors are extremely happy, and it's thanks to you. I really appreciate it. Uh, Just as filter by, we love filter by. Listen, we love filter by because I have really horrendous allergies in my house and I need to breathe some form of clean air. Folks, when I moved in, I'm telling you, my filter was, it was black. It it was like, it was like cement. It had so much pollution in it. It was unbelievable. And I was having all kinds of, like, I was getting itchy all the time. Changed the filter. Everything was good. (laughs) Do you know the uh, Americans are spending 90% of their time indoors? And according to studies, the air you and your family breathe contains up to 100 times, not 10 not 20, 100 times greater air pollution levels than the air outside. It's time to replace your filters. Change of seasons, this is the perfect time to do it. Filterbuy.com will send you the size you need, the air filter size you need, within 24 hours plus free shipping. Filterbuy uses double the industry standard MERV rating on most filter sizes, and we'll spare you all the technical stuff here, but it removes the pollen, the allergy-inducing pollution, the mold, the dust. You want all that junk out of the air. All their filters are manufactured right here in America, and... This is a good one. They can ship any size and in any quantity. And You'll save 5% when you set up auto delivery. You'll never have to think about air filters again. But by the way, it's great for businesses too. You got one filter, you got a hundred filters. These guys will hook you up. Go to filterby.com today, get the best price on top of quality filters shipped within 24 hours. Plus the shipping's free filterby.com. That's filterby.com. Love these guys. They've been really good to us. Whew, boy. You know, and thank you for hanging in there, by the way. I know, uh, People don't really like commercials, but these guys have been great and they keep the show free for all of you. All right. Story number two, um, Mary Anastasia O'Grady, O'Grady, who, uh, reports on South America for the wall street journal has, uh, I'm sorry to switch, you know, topics on you. I know like these segues are always uncomfortable between happy stories and you know what I'm saying, Joe and Joe, you're in it radio all the time. You're reporting on, you know, uh. You know, Merry Christmas, folks. Santa's going to be at Joe's up in Baltimore in that area. And it, it today. And then the next story is like a cop is shot. And you're like, well, how do we segue there? So these yeah. are always uncomfortable. This is a really troubling story. So Mary O'Grady reports on South America for the journal. And she always writes really thought-provoking good pieces. I'm always fascinated about what's going on in South America because um, I spent a lot of time down there. My wife is from there. So I, I enjoy reading her pieces. She has a really troubling piece uh, on Venezuela. And I'm sorry, Joe, I never... Joe, Joe asked me what we were going to talk about. I should have told him like we were going to proceed on to a rather macabre story afterwards, but uh, right. he's used to rolling with it. So I read the piece and it's about the destruction of a, a formerly great country in Venezuela, formerly powerful economy, and the destruction of it since the implementation of socialism during the Chavez and now Maduro era. Now, folks, I... I'm 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 asking you a personal favor now. For those of you listening who have friends who are socialists, who have young kids who are impressionable, I get a lot of emails from parents who say, you know, Dan, my kid, she was she was she or he or she was a you know, we had them going with conservative principles and freedom and liberty, and they got to college, and now I can't get them back, and we're losing them, and they're turning to the left. These college professors are indoctrinating them. Just have them listen to this piece. They can read the piece, but it's, you know, a lot of it's subscriber only. But let me read you a quote from what's going on in Venezuela since the government implemented socialism, which again, for the, Joe, what is this? The umpteenth thousandth time? Umpteenth thousandth at least. The millionth umpteenth thousandth times ten time socialism is because we can't argue about the benefits or detrimental effects of socialism if we have no idea what it is. Now, for those of you out there who don't know what it is and profess to know what it is, socialism is clearly the government control of the means of production. It's basically a government control of the economy that was implemented in Venezuela. Now here's a quote from a piece about what ha- what's happening and this is devastating. You can't listen to this as a good person, a Christian, a Jew, a Buddhist, or anyone who cares about anyone else and not be really physically, you know, f- get wretched by this. Their children, Joe, talking about the Venezuelans. They cry all day. And their mothers can only give them water. They are dying. The residents of Caracas, one of Venezuela's largest cities, have lost an average of 30 pounds. Mm. Folks, you don't have to have kids like Joe and I to be disturbed by that. I'm asking you for a second to visualize this very scene in Caracas where you have, say, a dad who says an average size dad. He's, what, 5'9", 150 pounds, who's now 5'9", 120 pounds. Mm-hmm whose wife is, say, five, three, 100 pounds, who's now 70 pounds, who are now sitting at a dinner table with their kids with no food. The kids are now crying out of pain because there's no food to eat. Pain, physical pain because they have nothing to eat. And all they can do is give them water. They don't even have Kool-Aid for calories. These kids are crying. They're dying, folks. People are dying in a socialist country. To all of our younger listeners out there who were, were, may have partaken in that poll or had allegiances uh, with the poll that we spoke about last week, Joe, where millennials now, uh, a, a good solid portion of millennials think socialism is a positive path forward. Yeah. Does that bother you at all? You know, I, to make sure I didn't get lost on this and get into a rant rather than a fact-based discussion... I just wrote one simple line down below this on my notepad here for the show. Where's your heart? Where is it? You think this is a mistake? Do you think that every time socialism is implemented, the mass starvation and death that follows afterwards is just some mistake? If it is a mistake, why is it a mistake unique to socialism? Why is that mistake not happening here? In other words, for you defenders of socialism out there, who will defer to the, Joe, typical explanation I hear, oh, oh, that's not really socialism. That's just corrupt people involved. Mm -hmm. So there's no corrupt people anywhere else, Joe. In other words, they're only dying and starving in socialist regimes. Everyone else is non-corruptible. It's just socialism that corrupts people. How is that a defense of your argument for socialism? So corruption, which is a problem everywhere in the world, Joe, can we agree? Yeah. The United States, in monarchies, yep. in tyrannies and oligarchies, in socialist countries, human beings are always corruptible. That, those corruptible human beings only seem to cause massive death and starvation when socialism is implemented, and that's the best defense you have. Where's your heart? I'm serious. I'm really probing you for a second to ask you to dig within your soul. If you're a young kid that's been suckered by a college professor into believing that socialism, and I'm going to explain to you in a minute why this is happening. In case you have any illusions otherwise that I'm making this up. I'm asking you, where's your heart? The reason you support socialism, by the way, is because you've never been subjected to socialism. You know, I'm not going to give you my exact address because it would expose who he is. But my my neighbors came from a Cuban regime. He is um, pretty darn conservative mm. because he actually lived in so in a socialist uh, a country in Cuba. Folks, here's the problem now, too, they're having in Venezuela, because now getting back to just the quick economics on this, because this is pretty simple stuff. For you, college kids are having a tough time, and you adults who are having an even tougher time shaking the scourge of socialism because you're some. You're, it's like it's magnetic allure to you, and its rhetoric matters. Oh, equality for all, yeah, equality and death and starvation. You're absolutely right. Except by the way, for the government bureaucrats who enrich themselves. Here's what's happening: when you price control an economy, you're always going to get a couple of things, or actually, you're going to get four things. To be specific, you're going to get increased uh, demand. For products, because the products, if you, when you push the price lower than the market price, more people are going to want them. You're going to get decreased supply. You're going to get black markets and quality control. You're going to get decreased supply because no one's going to produce a product, i.e., Joe, food. If the government says, hey, um, Johnny Appleseed farmer, farmer guy, mm-hmm. hey, Johnny, here's the deal. You can only charge a dollar for whatever, 20 bushels of wheat, whatever it may be. Yeah, but it cost me $2. Yeah, but we just said you can only charge a dollar. This is socialism. We know better than you. Shut your mouth. So, Joe, what do you think Johnny uh, Appleseed Farmer does? Well, this Johnny Appleseed would stop producing, baby. <laughs> you would be right. Joe's right again. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. What a, what a chicken dinner. Joe, you're amazing. You're really, really, you're like a PhD economist. No, I think that you're smarter than a PhD economist. Thank you, Dan. Because there are, are. A PhD economists like Krugman who actually believe in this type of crap. Yeah. So you're yeah. actually more intelligent than they are. I'm not kidding. I'm, not, I'm 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 dead serious. You are actually smarter than they are. Yeah. So they're not producing food. A price control is a hallmark of socialism. When you don't let the market determine a price. You let the government determine a price which is below the market price, which forces people to scoop up what they have now and produces to produce none of it later. It also causes black markets and quality controls because if you're forced to produce at a dollar, even if you're done at the end of a barrel of a gun, you will produce for a dollar. You're not going to work as hard as if you were actually making a profit. Mm. So you wind up getting crap products like the Lada, the Russian car, which fell apart the minute you drove it off the lot. But here's the problem they're having now, Joe. They're going through hyperinflation because what did the government do? Well, the government, you know, the socialism. They're all geniuses. They control the economy and the means of production. They also control what? The printing of money. Mm-hmm. So of course, government bureaucrats have got they've got the system pegged, Joe. They've got it pegged. They said, "I got a great idea. Let's just print more money." <laughs> I- yeah. It's just like, I know. I know we're living in like bizarro Superman land. So the government printed more money, which devalued the currency they had now. So what happened? The Venezuelan currency collapsed because, you know, if you're, if you're making a bunch of bagels for a market for bagels and, you know, a 100 people for 100 bagels and you decide you're going to make 400,000 bagels, your bagels aren't going to be worth anything because you're going to overflood the market with bagels. The same thing happens with money. So the Venezuelan uh, uh, currency is basically collapsed and they have no hard currency. In other words, foreign currency that hasn't collapsed, Joe. They have no hard currency to exchange reserves that they they can buy in farm. remember i told you about trade deficits that not to worry too much about trade deficits because u.s currency is only spendable in the united states or on u.s denominated assets Mm -hmm. well the venezuelans are running out of hard currency u.s dollars euros they're running out of it so what's happening now they can't buy u.s products to replace the food they're not producing at home due to the price control so people are starving and dying So now what happens? Of course, what happens next in socialism regime? So they implement price controls. Producers stop producing. People starve. You run out of hard currency because your currency's collapsed and the trade value for it collapses. So you don't have any hard currency to buy things from overseas in their currency, Joe, because your currencies collapse. Your, Mm -hmm. Your trade value, your exchange rates completely collapse. You need 25 billion Venezuelan uh, bolivars to get a dollar. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but you get the point. You can't buy anything from overseas. So now your people starve even more because you can't supplant production that stopped locally due to price controls with foreign production because you don't have foreign money. And then what happens? Inevitably, what always happens in uh, foreign regimes and Mario Grady puts this in there. There now is a penalty of 20 years in prison, Joe, for inciting hatred due to your politics. Whoa. Basically, open your mouth and get 20 years in prison and getting a big ass kicking in in Venezuelan prison. Real nice. Yeah. Cute, folks. You know, I bring it. I know like my show, I know we have a lighter tone sometimes, sometimes not, but I know we can be sarcastic at times. But folks, it's really serious. It's not a joke. You know, this is, you have a group of people out there in the United States who, despite All available evidence of the death and destruction, this sick, deranged economic organization system we call socialism, uh, uh, imparts onto people, they still still propagate the myth that this is a successful path forward it is so deeply disturbing to the college kids out there i ask you to please i'm begging you i'm really if you like me you don't like me you trust me you don't trust me just do your own homework on this outside of your college professor who lives in an insulated environment with a guaranteed tenure and uh, and financial security he knows nothing about the economy or she nothing all they know is ideology because they're not subjected to the ideology themselves. Did you notice how none of them go and voluntarily live in Cuba, North Korea, or other communist regimes that strike you as slightly odd? Ah, it's frustrating, guys and ladies. It really is. All right. Um, I got a couple other things to get through. So I spent a little more time on that than I cared to, but uh, it's hmm. an important point. Yeah, it was a good piece i appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Sorry, just unlocking my phone again because it locks like every two minutes. All right, today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget. Folks, with Christmas around the corner now. Crazy, isn't it? How time flies. Seems like last year we were talking about Christmas, right, Joe? (laughs) I mean, uh, mean, uh, last year we were talking about Christmas. It seems like it was like two, three months ago that me and Joe were like, do we do a Christmas show at the... Right, remember that? (laughs) Seriously, it seems like, uh, like time just flies as I get older. This is a great, great Christmas gift. I love having these guys as a sponsor because the email feedback I get from people is just amazing. It's iTarget, the letter i uh their website is itargetpro.com now listen marksmanship's a skill like hitting a baseball shooting a basketball wrestling brazilian jiu-jitsu whatever you do being able to shoot a firearm is great but shoot to shoot it and fire it accurately that's what matters okay you have to practice regularly folks range time's great and you need it don't get me wrong But it's tough. you got to get to the range. It gets expensive. It takes time. you got to clean your guns afterwards. It's great to go regularly, but some people can't. I had one guy email me. He said, listen, I'm disabled. I can't get to the range all the time. This was a really great option. I had my old uh, campaign manager who Mm. she loves it. She's like, I don't have time to get to the range. So I've been picking this thing up. She absolutely loves this product. Well, what does it do? It is a laser bullet you drop into the firearm you have now. You don't have to buy any special simunition gun or it's your gun. You just tell them the the, the caliber. I have 9mm, three fifty seven SIG. You drop a laser bullet in. It doesn't do any damage to your gun or anything like that. You're going to drop it into that chamber. They'll show you how to do it and everything. And when you fire the weapon and depress the trigger, it emits a laser onto a target they give you. This thing is amazing. It's like the coolest video game in the world. It will skyrocket your marksmanship skill. You will be shooting the wings off a gnat in a couple weeks. This is an amazing product. Go check it out at I the letter I- TargetPro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Competitive shooters, folks, try fire 10 times more than they live fire at the range because that trigger control and that sight alignment is everything. Go check this out. Please support our sponsors. Go to itargetpro.com. Put in promo code Dan, my first name, D-A-N, you'll get a, a really large 10% off. So we really appreciate that. itargetpro.com. Check them out. Okay. I um, Listen, I did a show once on Bitcoin, had a tough workout this morning, so I, a, I was breathing really heavy, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sucking a little wind still. <laughs> I did a show a little while ago on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and yeah. blockchain, and I uh, got a lot of feedback, 90% positive, 10%, I wouldn't say negative, but some people said I, you know, I didn't go in-depth enough, or in-depth enough, and some people said I went too in-depth. I'm not going to redo that show on what Bitcoin is and cryptocurrencies are, uh, but I just do want to lend a note of caution here, and I'll put this story in the show notes, and I strongly, strongly encourage you to read it if you are either an investor in Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies or are considering it. Folks, they've been all over the place in recent weeks. They've had three plunges or more of 25% of their value now. My caution to you at Bitcoin, I'm not saying it's not a good idea. I'm not, it's not an investment show. I'm not telling you to invest or not. I'm just, I give opinion. This is my opinion. If you don't like it, disregard it. That's fine. They've had three plunges of 25% or more in value in the recent weeks and they've recovered. They've recovered uh, substantially. It's now over $8,045 Bitcoin as of, I think, uh, last Friday when they closed. Here's a couple issues I have, and just why I'm encouraging you just to be cautious. I'm not telling you don't to invest. Don't invest in it. We clear on that, Joe? Because I know I'll get an email Mm -hmm. say, "Don't, folks." Bitcoin is an is a, a value exchange. It's no different than say the use of gold coins to buy something or the use of FRNs, Federal Reserve notes, what we would call dollars in the United States. Understand this is not an investment. This is an investment in Money. Mm-hmm. Now you may say, oh, well, we're investing in the technology blockchain. Ah, uh, OK, kind of. But that's like saying, you know, with the with, you know, Federal Reserve notes. Oh, well, we're inventing in the we're, we were investing in the intaglio printing process. That's not what blockchain is. In other words, the use of Bitcoin is as a proxy for currency, which is a store of value, right? We don't trade in refrigerators, Joe. Mm -hmm. In other words, you don't go, I'll give you two refrigerators for an hour of your work. Wait, what? We give you money. Why? Because it's convenient, it's transportable, and it's exchangeable, and it's relatively liquid. So if you're investing in Bitcoin, understand that it's not the technology you're investing in because the blockchain technology, by the way, which is very good, there are other ways to invest in that where it's not, in fact, the money you're investing in. You get what I'm saying, Joe? There's going to be blockchain technology for everything, encryption methods, everything. That's fine. You can invest in a cybersecurity company, but if you're investing in Bitcoin based on the technology, that's not what you're you're investing in it, in the actual currency that uses the technology. Mm. My point in this is, is, it's a simple one. Don't invest in money or monies or transferable, you know, semi-liquid assets like this on the hope that it's the technology that's going to get you through. Because the technology by the way I think in the in the relatively near future due to quantum computing and the use of qubits over bits, blockchain I think in the future will may be rendered obsolete. Hmm. May so just be cautious on pick I'm not saying it's not a bad idea. I'm not saying it's not a viable alternative. But understand this. People who invest in currencies as investments, like people who invest in gold as an alternate currency, mm-hmm. are investing it for a security. Security is the value it adds to their life. And I understand that. You get what I'm saying, Joe? I get yes. it. Like if you're mm-hmm. investing in gold because you say the United States government is printing money and the money's going to be worthless soon, you're paying a premium for gold for money. You're, you're basically paying money for money. But you're paying extra money for money, a premium, because you believe in the security it offers you rather than the security of the United States currency, the Federal Reserve note. Right. I get it. But you have to ask yourself with Bitcoin, is that premium for the safety of Bitcoin and blockchain technology? Hmm. Is that worth the premium you're paying now at $8,000? I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, Stan, I've actually seen a Bitcoin being uh, some of these firms advertising this use for retirement accounts. Yeah, I mean, there's there's actual banks out there yeah. now that are going to be doing uh, uh, futures in, in Bitcoin. And I, I, listen, I think it's a wonderful idea. Please don't send me hate mail on it. And again, I'm not telling you not to invest in it or look into it to diversify your portfolio at all. It's not an investment show. I'm just telling you, I read the story this morning. I'll put it in the show notes about Bitcoin going up and down. And I would be very cautious. I read a story a while ago showing how you know the value of Bitcoin right now you know, it's it's, it's more than the value of basically most of the products you can purchase with it based on the liquidity of it. Hmm. I, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So just be a little bit cautious there. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, hey, here's some good news. Let me get some good news, by the way, because it is a Monday and we need good news. And this is really good news. So you can smile at the end of this story. There are a number of different entities right now that are extremely optimistic about the future growth potential of the economy. And folks, I have to agree. Um, Having said that about qubits and quantum computing and blockchain, which I think is fantastic, the technology, if the quantum computing doesn't crack it, by the way, or find some way to weaken it. I mean, I would never crack it because of the way it's designed, but find a way to weaken it in the future. But these are all unbelievable things. Gene coding, stem cell technology, which I'm going out, I'll let you know, by the way, going out next week to do my shoulders again. Uh, which themselves, we are on the verge, folks, of some really big things. And I think the fact that Donald Trump has brought some sanity back to the courts through a relatively conservative constitutionalist court appointments show. Um, he's engaged on a pretty robust, vibrant uh, anti-red tape agenda, uh, regulatory reform in Washington, D.C. And this push he's doing for tax cuts, if we can, in fact, get them tax rate cuts and get more money in the hands of private consumers. I think we are on pace for a, an absolutely incredible 2018 i am not on my own here i've said that before um i'm not you know i i'm a big believer in the power of the american economy The Federal Reserve right now is, and I'll put this story at the show notes by the way, is one in the Wall Street Journal and one from Bloomberg. uh, You know, in in case you think I'm randomly pulling these numbers out of thin air, the Federal Reserve Joe is looking at potentially 3.5 percent growth next quarter, which they're upping from 3.4 percent growth. That Mm. is an extraordinary number compared to the two years, uh, uh, excuse me, the eight years of two percent and less growth by Obama. Remember, Obama during eight years in office never, folks. Never, ever reached 3% growth in any year of his time. He is the first president to never do that. And he had the worst recovery based on GDP growth in modern American history post-World War II. Trump has now hit two consecutive quarters of 3% growth during his presidency. And just to be clear and be fair, I don't blame every single economic problem on Obama and I don't blame every single economic success on Trump. But I do believe the president sets the tone. I do believe that it is a fact that President Obama was not a big fan of capitalism as we know it and set a generally anti-business environment through Obamacare and tax hikes and things of the sort. I believe Trump has reversed that trend, and I believe business confidence is skyrocketing. So is consumer confidence. The Fed is now predicting 3.5% growth. Folks, that is a big number in the next quarter. That is a huge number. You know what that means? That means the competition for employees, because businesses are going to grow. That's what growth means. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but that's what 3.5% growth means, and we're producing more stuff. Businesses are growing. Why would they produce more stuff, Joe? Because they're selling more stuff. Hmm. That's going to mean what? They're going to need more employees, which is going to mean what? Competition for labor, which is going to mean what? Which is going to mean people like Joe and I and everyone else, competition for our skills and our labor and our services, Joe, are going to enable us to do what? Ask for more money. Now, just in case you say, well, the Federal Reserve, and and granted, I agree with you there. I'm always skeptical of the Federal Reserve because that 3.5% number, to be clear, was their prediction for the next quarter. Goldman Sachs is predicting a 2.5 percent growth which is still a pretty decent number compared to where we were now I'm, I'm not a you know huge advocate for Goldman Sachs they've been right they've been wrong they've sometimes all over the place but even at that number we're still looking at enhanced growth from the obama years folks so i say around this christmas season thanksgiving season this holiday season at the end of the year where people are generally pretty cheery and it's great to give gifts and the economy gets a little bit of a boost from the uh the the uh the extra consumption around the holidays i think 2018 is going to be a really really fantastic year and i think you can um I think you can all smile. I think it's going to be good. Now, I, you know, I, this stuff is always, of course, if we don't get the tax cuts, this could all change in a heartbeat. But uh, one quick note on that, too, just to the Republicans listening, I don't, know, I don't know if they understand, Joe, how deeply in peril they are if they don't pass this tax cut plan. You will be in a world of trouble. I'm out there. I'm still an activist. I talk to people all the time. You better get this tax thing done. You better get it done. It's going to be deeply disturbing if you don't. Okay. Uh, oh. Oh, gosh, man, I missed this. This really pisses me off. I'm sorry. I was talking about the Venezuela thing in the beginning, and I had a quick contrast, and I missed it because I was so excited to get onto the Bitcoin story that I, <laughs> I casually glossed right over it. But just a quick note. I'm not, I'm not returning back to the Venezuela story, but for those of you you, know, you listen to the show and you can just tune in right now, obviously, you heard me talk about the destructive power of socialism and how kids are starving tragically in Venezuela this was the point I wanted to make for the, for the socialists listening and for the parents who are having them, their, their kids listen to this folks. Contrast this with, which go, with what's going on in the United States. So again, we had this starvation in Venezuela, an average loss of weight of 30 pounds in Caracas. Kids are crying because there's, they're crying from hunger. Their parents have no food for them. A horrible uh, human interest story going on right now. Compare and contrast with a relatively free market, a relatively capitalist society in the United States. What's going on now, Joe? Joe, turkey demand. It's around Thanksgiving, Right. Do you know turkey demand is doubled in the united states in the 1980s no i didn't i found that interesting what does this have to do with venezuela or anything else and it states st- it's been stable since so just to be clear venezuela food demand is going up socialist government because the population is growing socialist government is implemented people are starving losing weight their kids are crying in the united states Turkey demand doubled in the 1980s and stayed stable ever since. And by the way, there's an article in Bloomberg about this. I'll put in the show notes. You can read it yourself. Turkey, Joe, is 1.6% cheaper this year in the United States than last year. And the whole meal is the cheapest since 2013. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me get this straight. So let me put myself into the college kid mode right now in the college camp. I'm not insulting college kids. You're doing the right thing in college. But you're listening to your socialist professor who's uh, extolling the virtues of socialism where people are literally losing weight and dying and kids are crying because they have no food and they're drinking water. So that system, you have an an increased demand for food and increased demand for services. You also have increased starvation, increased death, poverty, hunger, and destruction everywhere you go. The United States, the, the you know the, what the, your socialist professor would call whatever the evil empire, mm-hmm. uh, the imperialist nation, the white privileged racist, isophobic, homophobic, racist, misogynist, uh, Islamophobic, transphobic, LGBTophobic nation, uh, uh, the worst country on the history of mankind. Turkey demand doubled, uh, stable, stayed stable ever since, and Turkey is now one point six percent cheaper than it was last year, and the whole meal is the cheapest it's been in four years. Hey. Big round of applause for capitalism. I would say round one, ding, 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 capitalism. Now, again, given the old, do you want to live right now? Just let me ask you, yes or no, college kids right now who've been suckered by socialism. Do you want to live in a country where the price of turkey and the whole meal is going down? Meanwhile, people are working less hours to pay for the same food they ate four years ago. Or do you want to work in a country where you're having squirrel for Thanksgiving if there is a squirrel left in your backyard because someone has to eat it? Just quick, yes or no? Which one do you want to live? You want to live in capitalism, cheaper turkey, cheaper meal, or socialism, squirrel Thanksgiving if there's a squirrel left? Yeah, which one? Just quick. Okay, thought up. So. Yeah, Thanks. You can't get through to them, Joe. I, you can't. All right. Uh, oh, a couple more, folks, just because these are doozies. Another story I saw in the journal today. Uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, the tax bill right now has a provision in it to get rid of the exemption for state and local taxes. So in a nutshell, if you live in a blue state where you pay an exorbitantly high state and local tax rate, where Joe lives in Maryland, Mm -hmm. New York, California, these are typically blue states that charge high state income taxes, local taxes. uh, That used to be exempt. You'd be able to write those off on your federal tax bill. The effect of that is high tax states- People get, in, I don't want to call it a subsidy because they're still keeping more of their own money, but they get a break and they basically make the paying of state and local taxes less impactful on their wallet than for people in other states. I live in Florida. There is no state income tax, so I don't get the benefit of that. But if you live in a blue state, you do. You basically get a write-off I don't get. I don't think that's particularly fair. So the tax code is getting rid of that. The, the um, excuse me, the tax law. Joe, New Jersey lawmakers are going bonkers. Mm. Let me give you a quote by their Senate president, a guy named, what is it, Steve Sweeney. He says they're, quote, going to have to reevaluate everything now. Hmm. They were now they were considering passing a millionaire's tax in New Jersey. And now that they've elected this uh, this far left governor, Phil Murphy, it looks like this millionaire's tax is going to pass. But Mm -hmm. now just to show you the power of common sense tax reform, because I got an email from a lady in New Jersey, Joe. She was really upset at us. She seems to think we were attacking New Jersey. I'm not attacking New Jersey. Hmm. I'm trying to get your taxes lowered. What are you talking about? And by getting rid of this state local tax uh, deduction, at the federal level, do you understand how now this has even hit the liberal lawmakers hard? How liberal lawmakers now who wanted to institute a millionaire's tax show are, quote, uh, this is there. The guy's a Democrat, folks. Steve Sweeney, Senate President of New Jersey. The Democrats said, I'm, quote, going to have to reevaluate everything. Why? Because they're now not being, you know, I, I hate the word subsidized, but they're now not getting their little carve out for blue state taxes that they got before. This is forcing them to reevaluate it because now they know that the taxes they're imposing on their citizens are actually going to be paid by their citizens, not the citizens of other states. Make sense, Joe? Uh, Yes. Yeah. So again, before you send me a, 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 and I listen, I appreciate your listenership. But before you send me a nasty gram, because I I, I think this state and local tax deduction is a horrible idea. I'm telling you, in the long run, this is going to benefit you, not hurt you, because now every tax hike they try to ram down your conservative throat in a blue state is going to have to be reevaluated on the actual cost, not the cost, Joe, minus the deduction you used to get in the past. Right. And maybe you won't get the tax at all. So, you know, I, I, again, I appreciate your emails, but I was not hitting blue state people. It's not your fault. I'm trying, we're trying to save you from your own lawmakers there. I know some of you can't leave. I get it. I was trapped in blue states most of my adult life. I get it. Hey, on email, by the way, another one of these tangents, right? I got an email from a guy this morning. He was, he's all upset about how sometimes I veer off into the topic of, you know, religion and spirituality. Hey man, I'm sorry. Like viewer feedback obviously matters to me. Listener feedback, I should say matters a lot. But that's part of me. That's not going to go anywhere. And I strongly, I mean, I have to strongly suggest then that, that, that you this may not be for you. I know it's not, you know, the thing you're supposed to say in this business, but I mean it. My faith and religion matter to me. I mean, I get it. I'm not your preacher. I'm not trying to convert anybody out there. I'm just, that's the bedrock of everything I talk about, freedom, liberty, God-given rights. And he said something at the end, which I found kind of strange. He's like, look, he goes, you're you're alienating at least a third of your audience. And I thought, Joe... Say what? Yeah, I know. Well, I I thought, how does he know that? Does he have access to our Libsyn account? That's kind of strange. Like, is he hacked in? Um, That's actually entirely inaccurate. Our audience for that show was enormous. So I don't don't know what you're talking about. It's just... I mean, why, you're just making that up, and I, I don't understand also why you would be offended about a common sense, non-professorial, very non-preachy conversation about spirituality, uh, you know, and and the origins of consciousness and religion. Does that bother you? I mean, I don't understand why that bothers you. So are you're you so bothered by confrontational ideas that you tune out. Uh, you may have to. That's fine. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you listening, but this may not be for you then. If, you know, if you're a committed, hardcore atheist and any conversation about any alternative idea bothers you, the show is definitely not for you. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. I I respect it. I have an atheist who emails me a lot. He has some very thoughtful comments. You're more than welcome here. But again, I I listen to commentary about atheism all the time because I try to sit there and say, well, why are they thinking what they're thinking? If you can't accept the alternative, uh, again, go tune into another show. I don't know what to tell you. But I really was bothered by the email. That's the kind of commentary that... uh, I really don't enjoy. Hey, all right, one more quick thing. Getting back to the point. Great article in Cato today about another liberal program designed to so-called help Joe air quotes here that actually kicks you in the teeth and knocks you on your butt as you try to get up. Uh, there's a program out there called the Low Income Housing Credit. I've talked about this before. Yeah, it's a credit yeah. given to developers to provide low-income housing yep. for poor people. Oh, Joe, great idea. Joe, what a great idea. <laughs> so wonderful. The government's so smart, aren't they? Let's give a credit to developers to put low-income housing, and we'll decrease the price of housing for poor people. Eh, lose again. So there's a great, great report in Cato. it be in the show notes today. One-third. One-third. That means 33% repeating uh <laughs> what is it Repeating, decimal uh 33 percent of that goes to tenants wait, wait wait wait, hold on it's a low-income housing credit So surely this helps poor people yeah one-third of it okay well where does the other two-thirds six 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 six, six. where does that go banks developers and accountants <laughs> uh, nice job government you guys are really terrific and here's the joe this is great this is that uh, they want to talk about like uh, completely kicking you in the uh-huh. teeth as you go to get up Nearly 100 percent of the low-income housing produced due to the "quote low-income housing" uh, credit is offset by a reduction in the number of unsubsidized low-income housing. So now you have a go- taxpayer subsidies going. Li- Listen, I got no problem with developers or accountants, but I do have a problem with you taking taxpayer money. Okay. Two-thirds of it goes to accountants and developers, right? Only a third of it goes to tenants. And 100% of the homes are offset by the decreased building of low-income homes when they're not subsidized. This This is it. Great job. You guys are just awesome in the federal government. And they write about it because apparently, I love Ben Carson, but he was touting the benefits of this program the other day. And Cato was like, wait, wait, what? Come again on this? I love the guy, but listen, get the government out of the housing business. My gosh, haven't we done enough damage at this point? All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please go to Bongino.com, subscribe to my email list. And again, you're always free to comment here. Daniel at Bongino.com is my email. I read them all. try to respond to as many as I can. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.